On today's episode of Locked On Canucks, we dive into Jim Rutherford's comments on how difficult it's been to remodel the Vancouver Canucks. We continue on with our player projections. Today, Oliver Ekman Larson. And finally, why can't the NHL and Adidas continue this relationship? It is Locked On Canucks on a Thursday, July the 28th, and it starts now. Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Canucks. I'm, of course, your host, Justin Pooney. I hope you guys are doing well on this fine but very hot Thursday evening. I'm, of course, your host, Justin Pooney. You can find me and Twitter at underscore process sports. I hope you guys are enjoying the heat. There's a lot of heat on Jim Rutherford right now, and we're going to get into that shortly. But I also want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast services. Um, So first things first, I know it's kind of slow right now, but things got kind of spicy yesterday. Jim Rutherford went on, a podcast, a very prominent podcast in Canada, and talked about how it's been difficult to kind of overhaul the Canucks roster as he imagined. But he also did play the media game in my part and you know, spoke highly of guys like JT Miller, Spencer Martin, Thatcher Demko, his defense core. So we're going to dive into that. So when I look at this offseason, there's been positives. Andre Kuzmenko signing, positive. Ilya Mikheyev signing, positive. You know, they made some splashes. Curtis Lazar, right shot center forward line, positive. Of course, they haven't traded JT Miller or they haven't extended JT Miller, which is a incomplete grade, I would say. Um, and Rutherford said, you know, we want to do more than what we've done, but there's only things you can do if you have a partner in it. Um, you know, we felt that they needed more balance on their forwards, and he did that. And I think we all can admit the Canucks have a very, very good um, top nine or ten forwards. Um, you know, they needed to address their defense. He did say um, there were some defensemen available in free that didn't work for us, whether it was term or what they were looking for. And he said it's going to take longer to address that need. Now, did that mean John Klingberg? Um, of course, r- rumors are running around. And- John Klingberg were interested in one another. Um, however, they just couldn't move salary were required to bring Klingberg. Um, that's interesting. Now, speaking of Klingberg and Nazim Kadri, the two biggest free agents remaining on the market, could those two have priced themselves out? Sports were saying that John Klingberg basically was asking for so much money that the stars were like, no, we're not giving that to you whatsoever. So I'm intrigued to see on how that will work. Um, and Kadri as well. Like, who knows? Maybe Kadri, you know, wanted that full seven-year deal, and he's 32, going to be 30, or in his mid-30s almost, and he's wanting a full seven-year deal. So I'm interested to see how those dominoes fall. You know, do they get desperate? You know, there's still guys like P.K. Subban out there. There are, you know, some other defensemen out there that the Canucks can acquire. You know, Anton Strawman, who, you know, played for the – the Coyotes and who's played before. Um, Stallman is 36 and Subban is 33. So, you know, they are kind of older. You look at a, the Canucks' current defenseman, right? 
Um, you know, Rutherford also talked about Jack Rathbone and Tucker Pullman. Um, and this is where I think he was kind of playing the media game, saying that, oh, our defense right now is good enough to win. Uh, but then he drops a little tip. There are question marks there. Um, you know, he talked about Jack Rathbone, how he's tracking in the right direction, and he deserves an opportunity to be uh, in the main club this year. And I think, you know, Jack Rathbone played decently for Abbotsford last year. And if he can, you know, play and be a serviceable, but I don't think nobody's expecting Jack Rathbone to come into the big club, make an immediate impact and become a, you know, a top four defenseman that the Canucks need. Um, Tucker Pullman, of course, you know, he's had, had you know, injury problems. He still is dealing with them. Um, when he's, you know, Rutherford said when, when he's playing without any injuries, he's a good solid defenseman. He can actually play in the top four. I don't believe that. I don't think Tucker Pullman is a top four defenseman on a playoff caliber team. He could be a top six defenseman for sure. I don't think he's a top four defenseman. Uh, You know, he had suffered a head injury in January, then returned in April, and then left again. Um, So I'm interested to see what happens when Tucker Pullman comes to training camp and how that plays out. Um, Clearly, the Canucks, this is not their, was not their plan A ideal summer i think i think signing a guy like andre kuzmenko and adding Ilya makayev and adding curtis lazar that was a beneficial so that was a positive you know the defense i'm sure they want to rework that um and as we look at this defense core and as we look at he spoke highly about thatcher Demko. we all know goaltending is solid but there's still the salary cap issues there's still the defense issues, and those are massive issues, right? You're looking at a team that has a guy in JT Miller who is, you know, their best player, right? And he does in this whole limbo, this whole contract situation, trade him, not trade him. Um, of course, Rutherford again said, no, we like him. We want to keep him. Um, we're, we were far off on a contract extension. So I think we're all at that point now with – the JT Miller saga where it's kind of like Pandora's box. Anything can happen and it wouldn't surprise us. Sure, he could get dealt. Sure, an extension could pop out of nowhere. And also, he could just show up at training camp and play the contract out. You know, Rutherford again said that, you know, if he does not sign, then we will have to move him somewhere where he can get that contract and we get that right the right assets we need for the Vancouver Canucks. But I think there's 57 days Till training camp. Um, and it's very hard in the NHL, especially in a flat cap era. I know we look at things like the NBA and the NFL where or other NHL teams around where, you know, money's flowing, people in and out, in and out. It's very hard in the NHL right now. And also, not to sound negative towards NHL GMs, but I just feel NHL GMs are not the smartest on working the CBA. If you know what I'm saying, like, for example, the Matthew Kachuk trade was technically a sign-in trade where he got the full eight-year deal uh, and then he got his move to Florida. That was the first sign-in trade in the salary cap era, which to me was mind-blowing because you see sign-in trades in the NBA very frequently where the players get their money and then they acquire the right assets. Hell, Kevin Durant was a sign-in trade with the Brooklyn Nets. Right, like these, you know, the CBA and the you know the managerial aspect of it is, you know, if you are smart and you know how to you know work your way around it, you can 
take advantage of teams. But I find in the NHL, it's very just mundane and the same thing. Like nobody wants to use the offer sheets. You know, we saw in the NBA where, you know, DeAndre Aiden signed the biggest offer sheet. And yes, the Suns maxed it, you know, matched it, but it's still the Pacers, you know, being progressive and trying to make their team better. When was the last time you saw an offer sheet other than Isperi Kokniemi, which caused an uproar in the NHL? So, yes, the Canucks are kind of screwed or kind of put behind the eight, rather for now, you know, kind of put behind the eight ball with this whole Jim Benning situation. But there are ways to be smart about it and get yourself out of the situation. Like we've seen bad contracts in the NBA move. We've seen bad contracts in the NFL move. We've seen, we've seen there, anything can be traded. Hell, if John Wall in the NBA can get traded or bought out or something like that, now I know the NBA is different, but I find NFL and NBA GMs are much more progressively thinking and trying to be competitive where, as in the NHL, it's a lot more just status quo and stick with what works. There's no addition there's nobody bringing in a progressive way of thinking to change the way managerial aspects and front offices are run in the nhl because i think it's such an old boys club and i i believe to kind of tie this all back to the canucks yes they had a decent off season so far but but their defense is not fixed um and perhaps you know sometimes maybe that's just the nhl's culture issue where you are you are People don't want to step on toes and try to piss people managers because such a you know a club in there. So when I look back at Rutherford's comments today, it's kind of expected. Uh, there was nothing really interesting. Um, he spoke highly, but also kind of you know went back to the, hey, we're trying our best. We're trying our best. Playing that media game, like look, blame me on the last regime. Hey, we're kind of screwed because of what we were left with. We're doing our best, but it's hard. So again, looking at these Rutherford comments, it's all just. I think it's all just tempering expectations. You have 57 days till training camp starts. And um, if this team rolls out the way it is right now, it's it's going to be interesting to see the fans aspect of it. But it's also, as I said the other day, I think a playoff team. So um, are we excited about that? Yes. Is this team better than it was at the end of last season? In my personal opinion, yes. Does it have a lot of work to go to become a cup contender? Yes. So that's that. I think it's going to be very interesting uh, after, you know, I think once September hits and after Labor Day, you're going to kind of start seeing things pick up in advance of training camp and seeing how um, the Miller situation and the cap situation, all that works out. So um, I don't expect much clarity to come over the next four weeks, but after that, I expect to pick up ASAP before training camp. And of course, we here at Locked On Canucks will keep you locked in all of that news. So um, that was my thoughts on the Jim Rutherford comments. Um, after the break, we are going to talk about a Jim Benning um, acquisition and Oliver Ekman Larson uh, and give you kind of an idea on what his next second season in Vancouver will look like. But first, I want to talk to you guys about the fine folks at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the number, excuse me, Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sporting wagering information for live betting, scores, podcasts. They have you covered. 
head to to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today bet online where the game starts okay we are back at locked on canucks and of course we are going to continue our player progressions our player projections excuse me progressions and projections um today you know whether day we did quinn hughes we're gonna stick on the back end today and talk about the canucks big offseason acquisition last year um and that was oliver ekman larson of course he was brought in from the arizona coyotes in exchange for jay beagle antoine roussel louis erickson and a bunch of draft picks first run included um you know a lot of people were kind of divided when this trade happened i was kind of happy they got it um you know the coyotes selected the, a guy from edmonton who had a decent season but who knows how good he's going to be um the canucks didn't take the full 8.25 million you know they're only paying him 7.26 million so they saved a million bucks on there um he's 31 and he was of course declining um you know if he did have a previous you know season where he put up 55 points in 75 games um you know he had was coming off a lot of injuries and when i look at his season it wasn't bad you know he had five goals 24 assists in 29 points in 79 games and you know he was fine defensively he wasn't an issue defensively you know he when i watched oliver ekman larson play he was decent like he was i had no complaints about oliver ekman larson's game um i know it's not he's not where he once was but it was good it was a good season for oliver ekman larson was it worth the 7.26 million probably not but i think when we're looking at going forward um i see him and tyler myers playing you know more of that shutdown uh defense pairing role kind of two vets that you know are big bodies not the fleetest of foot anymore but can you know play a shutdown role um you know he could you know it looks like as the defense pairing will shake down it looks like as of right now hughes shen uh oel myers and then travis dermott with whoever Tucker Pullman, Rathbone, throw your throw whoever you want in there, right? So I believe that what a good season next year will constitute for Oliver Ekman Larson is just hopefully he stays healthy. I mean he was relatively healthy last year, which is good. You know, as a player who's of age and who had dealt with injury problems, he was relatively healthy last year, which was a positive for this franchise and this team. Um but when I look at next year, I just want to see, I guess he's probably not, he's not going to get first unit power play time. He probably will get second unit power play time. So there will be some opportunity to put up points, but not so much. And I don't think I'm looking at Oliver Ekman Larson to put up the 55 points that he put up in Arizona back then. But what I'm looking at is a, just a solid defenseman who can play that shutdown role, move the puck up the ice, because he's probably going to be playing with guys now that are, you know, you have a guy like McKayev. This team is going to play at a faster pace, and we know Bruce Boudreau likes that. So I want to see more of just the ability to move the puck up the ice, um, play smart, don't do too much. Um, when I look at this, yes, his contract is bad, but if he's giving you valuable time and eating up valuable minutes and not costing you in certain aspects, well, you can deal with that. Is he going to give you the points and progression that you want from a guy you're paying 7.26 million no um but 
I don't think Oliver Ekman Larson is the biggest issue on the Vancouver Canucks. He's not a bad defenseman. I think he could still be a guy, you know, maybe a three, four, five, rather than being a one or a two, which he's getting paid as. So um, when I think about this going forward, I just want to see Ekman Larson continue playing in that more shutdown role. If him and Myers can play that role effectively and play that role um, um, well, then the Canucks will be fine. Um, the Canucks will um, definitely be in a. Um, what am I trying to say here? The Canucks will definitely be uh, in a situation where they can trust him more and can play. Uh, a bit more efficiently. So when I look at Ekman Larson points wise, I expect, you know, 25 to 30, which would be great. But other than that, then yeah, I don't see much um, for Ekman Larson going forward where um, we can project that he's going to have a revelation and become an all star defenseman again. I think those days are gone. Uh, I think all Canucks fans can just hope for is that he's a serviceable four way, uh, sorry, top four defenseman that can play 20 plus minutes a game and help out on the power play, help out moving the puck up to the forwards and just not be a complete tire fire uh, in the defensive end. And I think Oliver Ekman Larson can do that. And I think that he will be a serviceable player for the Vancouver Canucks. Just forget that. I know it's hard to forget the contract, but just watch him play. He's not bad. He's not, he's not awful. He's just not worth his contract, but like I said, nobody's going to take that contract with the Canucks' hands, so we might as well look at him, use him, and hopefully he just continues to play solid hockey. So that's what I think we're all recommend Larson going forward to his second season with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, coming up after the break, interesting news in the NHL that Adidas uh, has now decided to uh, cancel and will not seek a new deal with the NHL. So we're going to dive into that after this break. Okay, and we are back for Locked on Canucks, the show that does keep you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. So news of the NHL today was that Adidas will not seek a new deal to become the official supplier of uniforms and apparel when the contract expires after the 23-24 season. Um, They have two years left, which they signed a seven-year deal uh, with the NHL where they are paying it's reported that 35 they're paying excuse me adidas is paying double the 35 million that uh, reebok was paying for the rights now why would adidas not want to be behind the nhl well the pandemic has something to play for it and the nhl is one of those leagues that lost a lot of money hence why the cap is not going up now you're seeing it now where um you know, projections are that the caps can explode over the next couple of years once we kind of get out of this pandemic. But why is it the, the NH, why is that Adidas, a global power, does not want to work with the NHL? Could it be that it's just too rich for their blood and they would rather focus on other avenues like, you know, in Europe where they're big in soccer? Um, they do have their basketball line. Um, but why? Why? Uh, to me personally, I just believe that. The NHL merchandise doesn't sell. Um, if you look at it, NHL jerseys are way too expensive. $300 for uh, an NHL jersey. That is a robbery. When you can, buy, when you look at the NFL and the NBA and baseball, you can get a, a jersey for $150, bucks, half the price. 
now you might say, oh, well, there's more fabric on a hockey jersey and this and that. Well, I know it's a bunch of load of crap where who can afford to buy a regular Adidas NHL Canucks jersey? It is $300. I don't know if that, or 250 without a jersey, without a name on it. That's why you're seeing those offshore, you know, fake jerseys being bought because I can go to a website overseas and buy a jersey for 50 bucks. It looks next to the, as close as you can get to it. So I think the NHL and their next, whoever's going to be their supplier of gear and memorabilia and apparel need to figure out a way to cheap, make it more affordable for people to buy merchandise because if i want to buy a jersey i do not want to spend 300 dollars, especially in this environment and this economic status we're in right now that does not happen i i I just believe that is a horrible horrible plan and when you look at it people are not don't have this disposable income to spend 300 bucks on a canucks jersey right it's absolutely absurd so going forward i think whoever the nhl gets and hopefully it's not like Let's say the CFL and they did the whole new era thing. I hope Nike steps in. I think Nike would do a great job. Um, I love what they do with the NFL. Love what they do with the NBA. If they step in and can take over that, I think that would be awesome. I don't think it would happen, or maybe it will. Who knows? But um, the number one thing for the NHL apparel and merchandise, it has to be cheaper. It has to be cheaper. So we'll see what the NHL does and who's next to manufacture the jerseys so that is that that is all we have for today i want to thank you for making locked on canucks your first listen of the day uh your second listen locked on nhl experts give you a daily 30 minute podcast all things nhl all year long stay up to date on everything in the world of hockey locked on nhl your daily 30 minute nhl podcast stay safe guys take care and i will talk to you tomorrow